0: the biggest impact, check the spreadsheet. Hey, I'm Shania Wilson, AKA the people CPA, founder and CEO of Full Life Financial LLC.
1: And I'm Sabrina Abraham, a.k.a. The Money Goat, CEO of Finco Technologies. Welcome to the
0: Financially Lit Podcast. Tres, tres. Hey, uno, dos, tres. <laughs> <laughs> This episode is all about mortgage madness. There's a lot going on in the economy. And again, as we stated before, it's super important for us as individuals to understand what's going on at the macro level because it does affect us all at the micro level. COVID-19 has impacted the markets. It's impacted interest rates. So people are, turning to different avenues to gain money back, whether that's through refinancing their mortgages so that they can have a lower cost of debt and keep some more money in their pocket. People are applying for mortgages because the cost of debt is low. People are selling their homes just to get extra income. There's a lot going on in the economy because of COVID. And again, you guys have to stay in tune, especially if your goal is to take a dip into the real estate market, because things are going to affect you. So this episode we'll talk a lot about how you can prepare yourself, what's going on, and more so what does that mean for the regular person who wants to get started in real estate.
1: Yeah, so you know last week I was saying everyone should try to get a mortgage if they can, right? But um what I'm seeing is that it's going to be harder for a lot of people to get a mortgage. Um Just given the economy. And again, with this whole COVID 19, guidelines and policies are changing daily with the banks, with the markets. Um, This is an unprecedented time that we're in right now. So, again, please just follow up with your realtor, your mortgage broker, your banker um, after you listen to the podcast today. So, Basically, there's an index that gauges the mortgage lending standards and it's called the Mortgage Credit Availability Index or the MCAI. And It basically tracks various aspects of the lending standards within an overall index and it has several sub-indices for different types of mortgages. When the MCAI rises, it means the lending standards, lending standards have loosened right there's more mortgage credit availability and when it falls it means the lending standards have tightened that means there's less mortgage credit availability in march the mcai plunged 16.1 points right after having dropped 21 points in the pre the previous 3 months um Prior to COVID, hidden, right? So, what that means is we're seeing a lot of lending tighten. That means there are fewer mortgages available for certain borrowers and certain types of mortgages. I'm just going to focus on three for the purpose of this podcast. Um, and basically, and I'm going to break this down into like some clearer terms, Um, but basically we're going to see people that, any borrowers that have a lower credit score, they're going to have trouble getting qualified. If you're going to get a mortgage with a a higher loan to value ratio, meaning you're going to put down like three and a half percent, so that's like a ninety-six point five loan-to-value ratio. It's like um, it's gonna be really hard to get qualified right now. And even jumbo mortgages, these are loans with balances over five hundred and ten thousand, roughly, in most markets, and balances over. 765000 in the most expensive markets, right? So real-life practical examples, just to give you guys more context, Wells Fargo announced that they're restricting their jumbo loans program, citing they'll only refinance jumbo mortgages for customers who have at least 250000 in liquid assets at their bank. Now a lot of people don't have $250,000 in a bank. Right? Obviously the jumbo mortgage is for like more of the sophisticated um investor, but just to give you context as to what is happening and how this is affecting the overall economy. So this is really um a situation where landlords you have tenants and landlords are all trying to figure this out together right because you have states that are suspending rent payments um, the government is allowing for mortgage payments to be suspended or for landlords to go into forbearance if they do go into forbearance their tenant they're not allowed to evict their tenants which i don't think most landlords unless you're a slumlord you're not really looking to evict people you know most most landlords especially in my network you know you're working to you know come up with a plan that we can all get through this together right tenants and landlords but um this overall is a huge problem
0: Again, so just to recap on what Sabrina said, in short terms, what does this mean? All right, yes, rates are dropping, people want to get mortgages. but with the current economic conditions with these lenders, it's going to be an increased borrower competitiveness. So you as a borrower are going to have to have your credentials a lot higher than what they typically were. So just to give some more background, Um, You can get a mortgage with an FHA loan with the 580 credit score, right? Um, And that number has not changed. You can still qualify for FHA loan with that. But as you guys should know, your credit score is going to affect the value um, of your package. So if you have a lower credit score, what does that mean? You are going to be paying a higher interest rate for the most part. Um, As you guys know, the Fed rate did decrease, And it is going up, but it's still pretty low compared to what it was historically. Um, So a couple weeks ago, you could have locked in a mortgage at a 3.5% rate. But if your credit score isn't up to par, you can be paying a higher cost of debt with the 5% Interest rate locked into your mortgage. So that just shows how important it is to focus on your borrower profile. So your credit score, your income, your savings account. Um, because ultimately, you want to be able to qualify for a lower cost of debt. We want our debt to be low so that in the future we can have higher returns, higher profits. Um, also, with these private lenders, um, I think Sabrina is going to elaborate more on this. But they have the right to overlay, even though there are, you know, certain certain benchmarks that us as borrowers have to hit to borrow. Lenders can overlay, aka they can look at an applicant that's higher qualified than you and lend to those specific applicants.
1: Yes. So, um, like you just mentioned again the fha did not r- raise their their minimum credit score right you still can have loans underwritten at a 580 credit score but a lot of these lenders you know they are even going as high as a 700 credit score <laughs> so i'm gonna get into one of those articles because it had Twitter in an uproar on Sunday. It was very crazy. Um, I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe it. It's like, wow, that quickly. So it just everything is just escalating every day. There's just a new escalation, and we just have to stay on top of it, right? So the lenders, just like some of the overlays Shay just mentioned, um they're adding a higher credit score, right? Some lenders are requiring a 640, 660 for FHA um, mortgages. They want a lower debt to income ratio, and they want you to have a higher reserve requirements, right? Mm -hmm. So we can see how much, I mean, COVID is crippling the global economy. We can see that. We have so many people not able to collect a check right now, um, astounding numbers of unemployment, people just applying because they have little or no income. We have so many businesses falling for relief. Like the, the, the numerical factor associated with this is, is just mind boggling. Mm -hmm. Right. But, um, we just have to keep in mind that these changes are coming every day um i don't know how many of you guys bank with chase but chase has been my bank for so many years so so many years but their ceo always he was public with his opinions um very vocal about having mortgages as a as a product he says it's really bad for business Um, And they came out and and announced that they are requiring this 700 credit score and a 20% down payment. So, as an investor, you know, um, those numbers don't really budge. You know, it doesn't move me as an investor because 20% is the norm to put down on a property. But for the average person, that is
0: very steep, It's a right? Lot. Just put some numbers to it. If you think about it, even if you're buying a, a property for 100 k that's $20,000 that you have to put down. Absolutely. That's a lot of money, you know, because people are, that's not even including your closing costs. That's just the down payment on the mortgage. So, um, again, as Sabrina said, it's like, Things like this affect us at the micro level a lot um, because we see a lot of people who want to get into real estate, who want to start investing, um, but if you don't understand what's going on with the economy, you don't know how to maneuver, which is why we are here to help you, so no worries. Um, yeah, and there's some mortgage, there are still
1: mortgage programs out there for the average investor, you know, you guys can hit me up privately at I am Sabrina Abraham on Instagram or on my business page at Finco Tech and I can share that information with you um obviously via consultation, but you still have options, even if you are a Section Eight, um, you know, you own a you have a Section 8 voucher. It's still possible for you to own real estate in this time. But for obvious reasons, I'm not going to mention it here. Um, But yes, absolutely arm yourself with the information and the education that's still going to help you navigate the craziness that's happening right now. And one of the main things you can do is to insulate your credit score. Credit is leverage i just want you guys to remember that credit is leverage in these times you want to minimize as much spending as your just minimize your spending overall Mm -hmm. in my group i've advised everyone you know just monitor what your wants are Mm -hmm. limit your spending on your wants And see if you can divert that money to, you know, allocate it to invest in. Allocate it to something that's going to generate an income for you. You know, there's good credit, there's bad. Oh, sorry, Shania. So we want cash flow. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Because there's good credit and there's bad credit. Well, I don't want to say good credit and bad credit. Good debt and bad debt. Right? Mm -hmm. If you're purchasing a lot of consumer products, right? If you are just interested in liabilities, then you're gonna accumulate a lot of bad debt that you're gonna spend a lot of time trying to pay down.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: If you're gonna accumulate a lot of assets, income-producing assets, then you have a lot of good debt on your hand, right? So it's to choose, you know, red or green pill, like Morpheus in the Matrix.
0: It's red and blue, it's red and blue, Sabrina. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, red and green, the green pill is gonna be the money pill, the education pill. The I'm, I
1: pill, mean, pill. that was pun and... intended. Pun intended. Uh, you stuff,
0: know, good joke, stuff. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Shout out to my boy Neil. You know, I mean, sidebar, that is one of my favorite movies of all time. I actually had a bike. I remember getting a settlement when I was like 18 from this car accident. Mm-hmm. And instead of thinking like, oh, I want a car, this, that, and the third, I bought this crazy GT bike. It was so fire.
0: <laughs> um,
1: and I called it Trinity.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. Wow yeah pill. nah
1: that's really one of my favorite movies so yeah we want the green pill yes we only want the green pill yeah
0: that's so um <laughs> <laughs> that
1: that's was weird. random but yeah
0: so but i'll get no. this green pill that's the big question if your credit score is not uh we i mean typically we'll say 650 or above it's like good enough but um as Sabrina stated, as we kind of try to hit hard throughout this podcast episode, standards are going up. So you should be up there as well. You don't ever want to get turned down for some reason that you could actually have changed. You know, it's different to get turned down over something that you can't have changed. But credit is something that we can take control of. You can fix your credit score. So here's some quick tips on how to increase your credit score if your score is in the 600s now. Um, Paying your bills on time, right? So make sure that you don't have missed payments. And if you don't, you can get in the habit of paying your bills twice. Um, What this does is like, I mean, this is like, somebody told me this a while ago, but they said that if you pay your bills twice, your payment history is more positively affected um but i pay my, my pay my bills twice a month and i think it's been helping my score then you want to do if you can again this is gonna you have to be super responsible for the second tip but tip number two is to balance transfer your balances to avoid interest if you have a 5k balance on one card but you're getting smacked with you know all this interest per month so your payments are not really affecting your principal you may want to consider balance transferring that balance avoiding the interest so your payments can go further and really eat at your principal as opposed to just being credited towards interest you also want to ask for credit line increases if you can you should get in the habit of asking for credit line increases every six months So for your Discover card, your Capital One card, your Bank of America card, et cetera, keep it in your calendar to ask for a credit line increase every six months. And
1: make sure, just to add, Shania, make sure you ask for a soft inquiry because then it wouldn't affect your credit score
0: Mm -hmm.
1: as opposed to the hard inquiry.
0: Right. Really good point. That's a very important point to add because hard inquiries, Negatively impact your credit scores a lot, a lot. Um, So we can get soft pulls. We want to go for those soft pulls for sure. Tip number four: dispute disputes. Right? If you and again, I'm not a credit, you know, restoration specialist, but I fix my own credit personally. And um, a lot of the templates that you need to dispute your your credit card payments, or if you had collections or if you had some type of negative um, report on your credit score you can write a dispute asking for forgiveness or saying that you don't agree what was indicated on your credit score um, you want to do that if you have again negative factors so whether that's hard inquiries that you did not authorize um, whether it's balances that you paid but are on your credit report as not being paid you want to be super Proactive with your credit profile, um, and if all else fails, I highly suggest to hire a professional. You know, we're all not we're all not very well versed in every single subject, which is why we have friends and people that we can contract with or people who can direct us to professionals who can help us get our lives together so if all else fails hire a professional um a lot of us got our stimulus checks today and we may be getting them in the next week investing in cleaning up your financial profile as a buyer as a borrower would be super duper important for your future. Again, if you're focused on long-term growth and you're focused on building generational wealth. So um, that's a good thing to invest in. Get your credit scores together because again, you don't want to be turned down for an opportunity to build wealth and leave a legacy by just having your credit score not be up to par. So again, take control of the factors that you can control and the rest, with, the rest of the stuff that you can't control, you just leave it in the hands of the higher ups.
1: Yeah. So those are some great tips. I just want to elaborate on a couple of things you said, um, the missing payments, right? You definitely don't want to miss any payments and you definitely don't want to max out your cards because again, those are going to negatively impact your score. So I would say I would recommend that you call your creditors because a lot of them have a a lot of options available because again, this is a global crisis. This isn't, in the you know, it isn't like localized to a city or a state. You know, this is across the globe, right? But here in the United States, there are a lot of the banks are putting things in place because they know a lot of people are not working. They know a lot of people don't have income at the time. You know, so um, if you mention you're you've been affected by coronavirus, I'm sure they're given a lot of um, different options for you to whether it's just delaying your payment or just adjusting the payments, like maybe decreasing it somehow. I don't know. You know, when you call your bank, they'll give you whatever options are available to you, but just make sure you call and don't avoid it, right? Because again, like so many people, and I was one of those people who was like, oh, my credit sucks. I don't really want to check it. And a lot of people say the same thing, like, oh, I don't want to check it, right? And it's like, okay, you just need to know where you are. Like, don't avoid it. So if you know your bills are coming due, you don't have the money, just make the phone call. Mm -hmm. Make the phone call. Don't avoid or ignore it because it's going to impact you more in the long run. So it's like, do it now because you'll regret it later. You don't want to regret anything, right? Especially in this time. We're using this time to become financially lit, like to really get lit. So, um... Yeah, and (laughs) yeah, um, I also would like you guys to stretch your money as much as possible again. Wherever you have credit cards, leverage those cards. Make sure you, even if it's just the minimum payment, they're not gonna trip in this time. I don't usually recommend the minimum payment, I would say pay a little. Over, I'm not a personal credit specialist, but I've been um, taught by one of the best I'll say in the game um, at Good Good Credit America on Instagram, and you know he always says pay a little over the minimum, right? Even if it's five dollars more, it's still more than the minimum. Only if you can, though. Um, I will also say, talk to your landlord. In some case, in some states, you know, as I stated earlier, a lot of rent payments are being suspended. A lot of mortgage payments, you know, the, they can go into forbearance for the 90 days and stuff. Mm -hmm. But again, like if you're an investor, you might go into forbearance, but there's a lot of repercussions of that. Don't go into forbearance and think, oh, let me run up this, let me stack a bag real quick because I don't know. If you have the money to pay your mortgage, pay your mortgage, right? Because you don't know what's going to happen on the back end of you taking that forbearance on a mortgage, right? One of the things that is definitely in the clause is that after they're going to suspend your eligibility for any new loans for 24 months. So if you're an investor landlord and you want to go ahead and like, okay, let me put aside, let me just not pay the mortgage for these three months and take advantage of the forbearance. When you try to go buy that property next year, when the economy bounces back, if you are relying on credit, to somehow purchase that property, you're going to be denied. So they're going to sit you out the game for at least two years. And you don't want that unless it cannot be avoided, right? Because I'd rather you take the forbearance than go into foreclosure. But if it's a situation where you have the reserves, leverage your reserves. And this is another reason why having insurance renter's insurance as a landlord is so important because some of them cover um up to like six months of mispayments from your tenants and that kind of gives you a buffer you know that you don't have to put a lot or too much pressure on your clients Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so um and the last thing i would like to say is protect yourself from scammers (laughs) Come on the scammers are out <laughs> okay I got some emails talking about oh yeah you qualified for this amount in reserves rewards and all of this stuff stop it <laughs> no one is giving away free money at this time right we have the government that have get you know the government gave um all of these stimulus packages I read an email today that they're almost at they're almost at their limit like they're how much was it to small businesses 350 um, 350 billion yes right now they've hit 296 billion already in payouts Wow so it's not a game, you know what I mean. Unless you're getting it from, uh, you're getting it from a government website. Check those emails. Make sure whoever is sending it, if it's coming from the IRS, make sure it says at irs.gov on the end. Don't let it be irs at um. <laughs> You know what I mean? It is insane what these people are doing, and it's so many phishing emails. Mm -hmm. So if it's text messages, just beware and protect yourself from that because people are out here. I mean, I saw somebody set up like a whole like clinic, like a fake clinic and like rob people for their credit card information. It's insane what people are doing, you know? And I'm like, man, they have such creative minds, but not for the right things. Right. Mm-hmm. Put that energy into something um more possible. I mean, positive. Right. You know, but definitely so. research. If you haven't applied for any of the government aid, please do. It is there for your benefit. It is not free money. Please remember that you pay taxes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There is no such thing as free money. So again, I just want to reiterate the four small business government programs um, right now. and you know, reach out to your accountant. You can reach out to Shania if you need a little more guidance on the eligibility for your particular business, but it's the paycheck protection program, the economic injury and disaster um, economic injury disaster loan, eidL, mm-hmm. the SBA, express bridge loans and the sba debt relief okay um the paycheck protection program is they provide relief for business owners to cover payroll rent and utilities To so people that qualify for it small businesses with less than 500 employees sopreneurs, solopreneurs. <laughs> solopreneurs. <laughs> independent contractors or even self-employed people you get eight weeks of payroll mortgage interest and utility expenses Mm -hmm. okay definitely check it out the eidl this is what um most people have been applying for this supports business owners for the temporary loss of revenue and again this is for small businesses with less than 500 employees you're gonna get up to ten thousand, well, ten thousand dollars of grant grant money. Mm-hmm. That's not bad. No, you know what I mean. Um, and this is you're not required to actually pay this one back. This is an actual grant. Please apply before the money runs out. Then you have the Express Bridge Loan. You know, it's a line of credit with known lenders who help with the loss of revenue. You know, um, businesses are getting up to $25,000 for it. I have a couple of clients that receive their their bridge loan already. So the process for this one is actually pretty quick. So if you haven't applied, just try ask your accountant, you know, it doesn't it doesn't hurt to try okay. and last lastly the SBA debt relief program you know you'll get 6 months payment assistance for covid loans taken out prior to September 27 so you just have to do it before then there's no limit on how much you can receive for that particular one as long as you can document and show your you know, show your revenue, your projected revenues, or your numbers from last year. I guess they'll take into consideration your balance sheets, your P and L stuff like that, mm-hmm. and you know, make a decision based on that. So definitely take advantage of the the programs out there. Again, there's no such thing as free lunch. There's no such thing as free anything. We work hard. We pay lots and lots of taxes. I don't know if you guys realize how much money. Well, I mean, I get mad every every check, right? And that's why I I I work so hard to develop my business income and my investor income. Cause then I, you know, I kind of I don't mind paying the taxes from that. But when you go to work. You see, you know, you might do all that overtime. I don't know if um, how many people can relate, but you remember doing that overtime and then you thinking your check is going to be one thing. And then you got, the, when you saw that net pay, it felt like you got robbed. <laughs> you know what I mean? So understand that this $1,200 stimulus check um, that you're receiving, you want to do something constructive. With that money, no such thing as free money. You work hard, this is money they've been taken from you, Mm -hmm. right? So, leverage it to put yourself in a better position.
0: That's what it's about putting ourselves in better positions and becoming more financially lit. Thank you guys for listening to episode three. I hope we gave you very valuable information about the current economic environment and what you guys can do to prepare yourselves to be able to build, attain and sustain generational wealth. I thank Sabrina for having me as her co-host. <laughs> of course. Thank you. Oh my goodness. Thank you. <laughs> All right, bye guys. Bye.
1: Thank you guys for listening.